0: Success doesn't always find us the way we thought it would. Sometimes we're forced to pivot into something different, something that we've never imagined that we'd be doing. That's why up next on the TPE, we have Marshall Fox. Marshall is a Maryland-based entrepreneur who does graphic design. And over the years, Marshall has been able to execute over one million dollars in sales. Marshall also has been able to position himself to be a high-value graphic designer, making over $250,000 a year sustainably. That hasn't always been the dream for Marshall. Marshall started out as a loss prevention officer uh, at a retail space, then he pushed all the chips forward and then went into pursuing selling insurance. Having a massive failure there, uh, looking at how he's going to support himself and his family, he was forced to pivot into this space where he is creating a, a massive amount of value, but not only himself, but for other designers as well. I am so excited to have Marshall on the TPE because I am certain he has something to share with you that would not only help you if you wanted to be in the graphic design space, but for entrepreneurs all across the world who are trying to figure out how to become excellent, how to uh, better position themselves in their business and just move forward and create success. Let's dive into the episode.
1: Take this, my, my.
0: Hey. All right, what's up, Marshall? You doing all right today? Yes, sir. What's happening, Alex? Uh, Man, nothing much, man. Just kind of wanting to jump into this interview, man. But before I do that, I want to kind of stop and pause. I picked my phone up this morning um, and I got on Instagram, man. I seen that you posted like you have this 250K uh, roadmap for graphic designers, man. And I might be butchering the title to this. So please forgive me. Uh, Would you would you go into some detail, man? What you got going on right now?
1: Yeah, man. So, for those who don't know who I am, I am a graphic designer, content creator, and recently turned, I guess, graphic design coach and mentor. Uh, My primary business, well, my design business is 120 Design Studio, and I serve uh, seven figure speakers, authors, coaches, and consultants. And I pretty much do everything, um, pretty much all the services that they consistently need help with, like branding. Um, Let's say they have a program coming out, a book coming out, I'll do the book cover, uh, website. Um, so the, the roadmap that, that Alex is referencing um, is the six-figure designer roadmap. But, you, you know, for the URL, i put 250K designer. I did have 100K designer, but that's not an accurate reflection of the six figures. <laughs> Talking the 250 to 300 range um, consistently, by the grace of God, I've been able to do that. Um, so the roadmap is it consists of the exact seven steps that I've been able to use to position uh, myself and my business as a premium business, a premium service provider for the speakers that I serve. Um, so it's just a roadmap um, and it invites people to my Facebook group as well, my free Facebook group for designers. Um, but to answer your question, the graphic designer, uh, coach, and mentor for other graphic designers. And my main mission right now is to put other designers on game to show them what success looks like, what s- success can look like for um, designers, especially, but not exclusively, black designers and designers of color. So. Um, that's what I'm most excited about, most passionate about right now.
0: Man, that that sounds incredible, man. You know, I, I've i always just as a kid always had a, a interest in graphic design. I've had an interest in like, you know, you see the billboards, you see all the publications. And I've always kind of had a, a itch to want to learn. And so, man, I eventually, you know, was able to scratch that, that itch a little bit. And actually, that's how we cross paths. Um, and I guess my thing is, right. you know, that's my brief uh you know history on what drove me to try to get into the area of graphic design but for you like what spurred this thought what brought uh brought you to this point in which you 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 are now a uh well over six figure um graphic designer what was that that genesis look like for you
1: yeah man uh it's it's a bit of an unconventional uh story if you will so uh i'll try to make it quick so in 2016 i had left recently left uh a fraud investigations uh position at a credit union so i managed the fraud investigations team there um but i was listening listening to a lot of et the hip-hop preacher uh his name is eric thomas he's a motivational speaker some of you may be familiar with him um and my father had been selling insurance for about 30 years and um primarily final expense insurance which is uh you know 10 to fifteen thousand dollar policies whole life policies for seniors that didn't really save up anything for their funeral um so he was like, "Man, you should get your license." So I did. Get, I got my license probably a year prior, my insurance license, and I would make a little money on the side. But listening to a lot of ET talking with my dad, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna leave my job. I'm gonna leave this job, and I'm gonna go out here in these streets, and uh, we're gonna build a million dollar agency." So um, I did that the summer of 2016. I left that job, man. No, left the fraud investigation job. No, no savings, no real plan. And the insurance job is with straight commission. Uh, it was uh no salary or anything like that. So everything was on me. My wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time. We had two kids. Um, so I had a couple pretty good months. Um, starting out, you know, full time as an insurance salesman. And then um things kind of took a turn <laughs> for the worse. I felt flat on my face financially. Um, I spare you the details, but I bought. Um, what they call leads. So when people see the commercial, they call in, and it's like, "Hey, send me more information." And we would show up, so we would have to purchase those leads to go and see these people to hopefully convert. But I bought a bunch of those leads in the area that wasn't too friendly to my kind, and I didn't know that until I showed up. Um, so you know, I didn't get, get to sell any policies out of that out of that batch of leads. So I bought more digging, and I dug myself into a deeper and deeper hole. So I was really faced with a decision, like. Do I pivot and do something else or do I keep going um, in this space? And my wife was actually the one that said, hey, you know, you, you've done a website before and you, you you do, you know, a little graphics for your your marketing for the insurance business. What if you actually do that for clients? Um, so I hadn't really considered that. I mean, I did take a graphic design course in high school, but I hadn't really considered it as a career, Um, you know, as an adult. Uh, I'm still pretty young. I was like 26 at the time. But um. You know, I gave her every excuse in the book. I, I didn't go to school for this. Uh, I Googled the average salary. It was like 45K or something like that. I was like, I can't support my family with graphic design. Um, I don't have any experience. But, you know, I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. So uh, let me let me just try it. So I actually um, hit somebody up in uh, Breathe University, which is Eric Thomas' professional development community. He was on Facebook. Hit them up. was like, hey, man, looks like your, your logo for your business could use some work. Do you mind if I create a couple concepts for you? Completely pro bono. I'm just trying to build my portfolio. He was like, Yeah, man, you you be a blessing to me. Go for it. Um, and this is somebody who's like relatively uh um, you know, well respected, well-liked within a group. I didn't really know anybody, you know what I'm saying? But I met him <laughs> earlier in the summer at a at a meetup. Um, so I did a couple concepts for him. They were pretty much trash <laughs> to be honest. But one of them was actually it had some promise. It had some promise. So he was he was filling that one. So that's the one that we um kind of refined and perfected. Um until he until he loved it. And when he posted it in that group on Facebook, Breathe University and on LinkedIn, that's when things kinda took fire. Um yeah so on on LinkedIn, you know I had some some inquiries, and then on Facebook, you know you look at the the posts it's like mad flame emojis and everything. and uh, you know it was decent, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't like uh, groundbreaking, but I guess there was an untapped niche within that group people who needed a needed quality graphic design out of the entrepreneurs and and folks that were in there. So that's when things kind of um kind of started for me, man. by the grace of God, I was able to go from zero to over ten k a month within like two to three months. Um, At the end of 2016, I've kind of been there. Um, You know, of course, I've increased that over the years, but um, that's kind of how I got started, man. That's that's how I got here.
0: Man, you know, so you said a couple things in that that I mean, and, and here's the thing. I've known you for a little bit of time and to hear your story, uh, the, the way you just put it just now was a little bit refreshing. So I guess the number one thing you said that I wanted to hit on is, you know, listening to your spouse in those even in those moments where you don't think um, they know what they're talking about. You know, a lot of times, yeah. you know, sometimes our, our, you know, not even sometimes most the majority of the times uh, our spouses are our biggest cheerleader. You know and, and and they're seeing things in us that we may not see in ourselves you know we we oftentimes and this is no knock we look for mentors coaches we look for a whole bunch of other people and we negate the 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 word that our spouses might have for us you know and so i mean all kudos to you for for hearing her voice uh you know it's, it's almost like it was god speaking through her that they kind of you know got your attention for sure um absolutely you know, the next thing you said to me that that really stuck out was y- your willingness to take the bet. You know, I guess you had some experience cold calling uh, uh, in the from the insurance uh, component. So you may not have much fear there. But I bet there's a lot of people who's going to listen to this and and say they have fear of that rejection or fear of, you know, just stepping out there and asking somebody the question. Because, you know, you must have realized, well, the worst thing that this individual could say is no. You know so why not why not pursue right. you know why not pursue having that conversation and lastly and I, and I and i think about this all the time for me uh when you go back and look at some of your older stuff and you realize how far you've come in terms of your skill set and, and and you know what you, yeah, you know how well yeah. you've been able to do it man so I nah, mean, you know it's, it's all about the growth and, and the evolution like i think i'll go back to like one of our our, our first interactions you know we, we was lightly lightly liking and commenting on, on stuff and i think i posted something that i had made on a on a galaxy tablet and i was like made on android and then you hit me up in 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 the dm on instagram i was like bro what device did you use to to make that and i you know i kind of went through my process or whatever and and that's kind of the yeah. was the genesis of the conversation and i was i ain't gonna lie i was not say starstruck but i was kind of like oh this is this is eric thomas's graphic designer who's you know i'm having a conversation with this gentleman that's that's you know at the time you know and for a lot of people et is a a a a a beacon of light for you know a motivating voice for a lot of us and so you know to talk to the man behind the the graphics and that's kind of a space that i wanted to be in uh was kind of cool for me i still even just kind of look at your stuff now even though i don't do it uh at a from on a commercial or retail level i still kind of you know draw off some of the things that i see you do i'm like okay that's what marshall's doing like yeah i saw i saw the animation on the on the post that you had today i was like i mean i need to learn how to do that (laughs) you know i need to learn how to how to do some of those things but but anyway man so so you've done what it sounds like to me uh several projects over the last you know five to eight you know seven years what would you say is your favorite project and why
1: yeah man this this is tough I know you sent this to me in advance um it's it's hard to pick a favorite um because so many it's twofold man because I try not to get emotionally attached to the work that I do um just because like I like to move on I like to get it out the door and I like to move on and let it um do what it's supposed to do and I realize that I'm a designer I'm not an artist I know there's overlap there but I'm very clear on what I am and what I'm not um because I have a tremendous reverence and respect for actual artists. So i don't really look at my stuff as art it's like look that has a commercial purpose it needs to make this person money get them more visibility like it's very black and white it's very business for me um so it's 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 hard for me to get emotionally attached to certain things so with that said i think those initial projects that i did when nobody really knew who i was i'm still relatively unknown but um i feel like they have more meaning to me because those are the people that really gave me a shot um, like YB, for an example, but even the people that started spending money with me, um, early on when I didn't really had no experience, I didn't, I didn't really have anything in my portfolio, and I never was the cheapest guy. Like when I first started, I think my first logos were about three hundred fifty bucks. So I wasn't coming in at with the fifty dollar logo or twenty or you know hundred dollar logo. So for those people to spend you know three fifty seven hundred thousand dollars with me, whether it's a website or whatever. They really were gambling on me. You know what I'm saying? They were they were betting on me and I just had to deliver. So those projects really had a lot of meaning. But if I had to pick a few <laughs> that really kind of stuck stuck out to me and I'm proud of, there are a few. So um, there's a gentleman by the name of Jamal King. He goes by uh, the nine to five millionaire. I did his his logo's website, but also did his book cover, The Nine to Five Millionaire. So I I, I really enjoyed that project uh, from beginning to end and then how it came out It's mostly like a text based uh, book cover design, but he uses the logo all over the place. Um, But I really enjoyed that process. And that was the first like full book cover design with like a sleeve and a jacket. So like several panels that I designed, Um, there was um, some embossed elements and stuff like that, some gold foil elements. So I really liked that design and the final product, you know, he spared no expense when it came to the actual cover. Um, of the book it's a thick book too so <laughs> to see that in person is really special to me that one um also i did i branded one the 120 conference for eric thomas so you know all the signage for the hotel like people walked in i even have this in a vlog on my youtube channel but people walked into the hotel and thought it was like did he, he buy the hotel <laughs> they were telling the story on the podcast just because there were so many individual branding elements and signage that i created and i did it um strategically like, de- depending on where the signage was in the hotel, like I have certain arrows with certain things like this way to greatness and stuff like that. Um, or like when you're walking out, out of the hotel, like don't leave unchanged, Little little things like that um so that's special let
0: me hold on hold on let me break into that did did et give you the the freedom to make those decisions did you did he say hey here here are the locations here's the here's the canvas that you can play in did you make did you think about those elements i mean i'm sorry i want to get into the 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 nuts and bolts or i hope i'm not getting into the the secret sauce of the of the operation but did did he give you the freedoms to be able to make them make those decisions
1: yeah, man. And that's that's something I really enjoy about not only E, but the clients that I work with. One, I'm I'm not the cheapest guy on the block. So, um, and that's a, a nugget for designers. When you charge a certain amount, um, and when you show up a certain way and present yourself in a certain way, clients they don't micromanage. They they let you do your job. So they tend to give you more creative freedom because, like, well, I'm paying, you know, this guy 10 grand or whatever. So I'm gonna let him, I trust him. You know, when when you're not charging a lot clients can tend to treat you like a commodity you know and they feel like they have to micromanage you and that's ten- that, that tends to be what they do especially lower paying clients. Um, so yeah I had full autonomy it was completely up to me I had already did the logo probably a year prior so it's just a matter of coming up with a design language for the conference which which ended up being like a, a darker blue and like an orange half tone um, gradient type of situation. Um, so yeah, no, I have, I have full, full autonomy over that. And and that's something that I let the, uh, uh, the main, my main point of contact for that project, Tiffany, it wasn't, he, I wasn't speaking directly with him wh- while designing it. He just kind of shows up and says, like, Oh wow, this is dope. Um, but I let her know, like, so on me connect me to the printers, you know, whoever's printing the signage just so in case they have any, any questions like specifications, if I need any specific templates, they need any last minute adjustments. Connect me directly to them. So this is something that's completely off of your plate. You don't have to worry about it. You know, Marshall's got it. It's going to be done. If it's a lot of any back and forth that needs to happen, I don't have to be in the middle of it. So I do that. I give them that peace of mind, and then I charge accordingly for it. Clients will pay as long as they feel like you got it, and they don't have to handhold and micromanage. You know what I'm saying? So yeah,
0: absolutely. And I know you. I know you are niched down. But what you're saying is not only applicable to, the, I think, the graphic design world is also applicable to several different uh, businesses where it's usually an individual rendering a service. You know, like I told you before, my wife is doing uh, interior design, and I think this is the exact dialogue. I'm going to be honest with you, in, this, in real time, this is the exact pinch point that we're at. We're at the crossroad right now of okay, you raise prices, you'll weed out those people who, will, you know, those those clients that want to uh, own every decision, and it's like, well, why did you solicit my services in the first place if you are wanting to right. micromanage the situation? And we're getting to that right. crossroads to where it's like, okay, this is already a premium service as is. You know, the the context of what you were doing, you know, and I think it's almost semi-synonymous with graphic design a little bit in terms of the luxury of it. Um, And, and yeah, no, that was, that was really, really, really good. Um, I, I appreciate your honesty there. Now I, I'm, I'm going to move on into the next question, and I don't I don't want you to give it too much up here because uh, I, I got a feeling that the new your, your new uh, roadmap is kind of going to speak uh, to this a little bit. So if you, if you would give us a little bit, like you're highly sought after. You do uh, you do a graphic design for uh, uh, the hip hop preacher et. You do you've done uh, Inky's uh, Johnson's uh, rebrand. You do Jamal King and probably countless other high profile uh, individuals, specifically speakers. Why do you think, other than the quality of the product, right? I mean, I think you're top notch when it comes to the end the end result with what's customer facing. Why do you think those people uh, do business with you? Like in, in some detail, like what is it about Marshall that differentiates him from the pack that these guys want to be able to uh, say that you do their graphics?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's several reasons, man. Um, but if I had to pick a few, I would say that early on, I was focused on serving. Um, even though I, I admit. And I talked to, you know, the designers that I mentor and coach, I let them know, like, I didn't get into this space because I just had a passion for graphic design. I came into it because I wanted to make some money. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to feed my family. So that kind of gives me an advantage over a lot of those, like, you know, almost like starving artists who are doing it just for the passion. But then they're afraid to raise their rates and add more value and stuff and charge more. Um, So I came in serving first. You know what I'm saying? I came in serving first. I'm um, trying to build my portfolio, being genuine, you know, being a man of integrity um, and just doing things a little bit differently. Not to say I didn't make any mistakes because I, I made mistakes early on, um, but coming in um, hungry and ready to serve. And I let my clients know, like when you leave from me, you know, just bear with me. Be patient with me. When you leave from me, I want to make sure you are 120 percent satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Like I was committed to that and they felt that from me and then they got a phenomenal product at the end of the day. So that's one thing. And two, You said you know you mentioned that i was niched down so niching is so important because it takes a lot of the the need to market away like i don't need to market because i say i serve speakers so now that i say i serve seven figure speakers my one my clients have friends they talk you know so that word of mouth is there two if there's a seven figure speaker they're like all right well i need a high level designer so if if there's a list of designers and this designer does a b and c this designer does you know x y z but this designer says Hey, I serve speakers, you know, so I'm automatically getting their attention. One, and then if I can speak their language, you know, through my marketing message and stuff like that, then it's like it's I get a long hard look, you know. So um that's been an advantage as well, just saying, Look, I serve you, I know where you're at, I know where you've come from, um, this is what you likely need. You know, I'm able to anticipate their need before they're even able to articulate it. So it's almost like I'm reading their mind. And all that comes from just being niche down, saying, Hey, I serve you. So that's been um that's been helpful. And the third thing is I do what the other designers don't do like the average designer, or I actually don't do what they do. You know, the mistakes that they typically make and I've made those mistakes. So a big one is communication. You know what I'm saying? A lot of designers don't communicate with their clients. Um, They may be late or they may, they may uh, over promise and under deliver. They may be all sizzle with no steak. You know, they'll have a lot of energy going into the project the client will be uh, comfortable excited but then they'll go ghost on them they won't hear from them or they'll deliver a subpar product so knowing that all i got to do is do the opposite you know over communicate make sure that they have that reassert assurance and feel comfortable with where we are making sure that we're walking hand in hand throughout the process from the very beginning i started incorporating strategy so everything every step of the process you know we're walking hand in hand so there are no surprises you know what i'm saying so that makes the entire thing not only easier for me, but it makes the client impressed too. Like, oh yeah, he knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable with this because I'm not just getting designs out of left field two weeks later. You know what I'm saying? So um, those are the three main things that um that I've done. Serve first, being niched down, and um, doing what other designers aren't doing. So.
0: Man, and that's awesome. And I think I think that's so important to realize as particularly an entrepreneur, you're kind of a one person team almost. You know, yeah, you solicit. I mean, now I think if I'm not recall correctly, you're starting now to solicit the the um, the, the help of other designers, you know, coming into to, to 120, but, you know, for the most part, I don't, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand when you're in this by yourself, you you are HR, you are the IT department, you are public re- relations, you are, you are everything. And, that, and there's a lot of those buckets that entrepreneurs miss because they feel like, well, If I focus on the product or service, you know the the client should be okay with uh, half-hearted communication. The client should be okay with you know just this subpar performance in these other areas. And and a lot of times we don't realize that we gotta be uh, all you know our product and service, everything around that has to be as good as the product or service. And so, man, I think you're 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 crushing it, uh, crushing it there. Now that kind of brings me into you know my next question and I know you have some good uh, good tips here, is how do you stay productive as an entrepreneur? Particularly, you know, the majority of us are conditioned and trained and I'm, I'm assuming you at one point to plug into a machine. When I say plug into a machine, you're just, I go to work, I, I clock in, and I'm in this system where there's other people, there's this uh, unspoken and spoken accountability for the work that you do, and deadlines, timelines, and you're more prompted to do those things in that work environment versus being an entrepreneur. When you wake up in the morning, it's up to you really whether or not you're going to perform and it's up to you. And so how do you stay engaged? How do you stay productive? You know, what's the mindset around that?
1: Yeah, man, I have I have so many so much so that uh, I have <laughs> I have a resource called <laughs> High Value Productivity Hacks, um which is a part of my my premium program, the High Value Designer System. It's a bonus, um, but I have like it's twenty something hacks. But I'll share a few of them with you. um So one is I, I track my time like pretty much everything that I do uh, with a tool called Toggle. So it's T O G G L Dot com because you can tell me I wasn't working like 60, 70 hours a week in design. And when I started tracking my time, I realized that I wasn't I was barely getting 30, 40 hours, like actual time on task. You know what I'm saying? It may have even been been less. So I realized, OK, there's a lot of time that's unaccounted for. You know what I'm saying? Maybe scrolling on social media, maybe distracting, maybe running out to grab something to eat. You know what I'm saying? Um, That, that time adds up. So when I started tracking my time, it was really eye opening for me, and I was able to um, do things like time block, but be really focused during the time that I'm working, um, because like you have this almost like a big brother watching you. Because this this app, um, if you're idle, let's say on your computer for five minutes, it'll pop up and say, "Look, you got some idle time. What do what you want to do. Discard this, or or you to you want to keep going. You know, you could have been you know reading or something like that. But um, it just forced me to be very cognizant of how I was spending my time. So that that's one of my my secret superpowers or one of my my secret hacks is tracking my time. Everything that I do, not just for my retaining clients cuz that's primarily why I use it, why I started using it, but you know, this meeting, for example, I'm tracking this. Um anything that I do work related, I'm, I'm I have that timer going, you know what I'm saying? So I can look back at the end of the week or the end of the month and see how my time was spent, whether it's, it's work related, whether it's design or coaching, etc., so I can see how like where, what that split is. So that's one thing. Um, it's, another one. This may be a little funny, <laughs> but something that's made a tremendous impact on my productivity is this. May be controversial is blocking the shade room on Instagram. <laughs> blocking the shade room on Instagram. Uh, if you're made with the shade room, you know what it is. If you're not, it's like a gossip website, like Black Celebrity News and stuff. And I'll be honest, that's one of my weaknesses. I still check TMZ regularly, so I'm not fully out of the matrix when they come to the celebrities. I don't know what it is. That's my, that's one of my things. I don't know why, um, but blocking the shade room definitely helped because I will find myself on there like daily, you know, who, who knows how long I'll be on it just to see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Just being nosy and unproductive at the end of the day. So that's helped tremendously since I blocked the shade room uh, with my productivity. And another one is blocking my Facebook timeline with a, a an extension called Newsfeed Eradicator. Um, so only I don't have Facebook on my phone. Um, and I only use it on the computer, but I block my timeline while I block it from time to time. So when I go on Facebook, I just jump in my groups. I don't even see anything on the newsfeed because it's pretty much blocked. It doesn't show anything on the newsfeed. So you don't get caught just endlessly scrolling. Um, so that's been helpful as well. And designers that I, that I mentor and coach that I've shared that with, they've had success with that, um, as well. So the last thing I'll share is limiting my inputs while trying to output so before i would um while i'm working i'll try to you know be in a flow state really get in my groove in the zone but i'll be listening to audiobooks or um you know having youtube up you know i like the these property toys like these mansions I, that's one of my things that i really like or or like you know interviews podcasts and stuff like that but i would stop you know spe- specifically with uh especially with with podcasts and and uh ebooks um audio like audiobooks. I would stop, take notes, or my mind would be start to think about what they say, like, you know what, that would be good to share with my, my, my audience or my list or, you know, just take that note or be helpful for me in my life. So it's just a lot of stopping and starting when I'm supposed to be working. So I just try to limit my inputs, limit that stuff. Um, And I listen to music now and I don't even, you know, listen to mu- music with lyrics because I don't get, want get to get this singing, singing the song. I just let it flow, you know what I'm saying? So I can be, it, it'll help me reach the flow state that much um easier and you know stay in the zone and uh you know listen to that stuff later like when i'm not trying to work so that's been that's helped me as well Like i see my productivity increase when i wasn't like watching youtube and listening to audiobooks while i'm supposed to be you know doing deep work
0: yeah so it sounds like you know just taking over your time and and then like blocking out the distractions you know time and distractions yeah. if, if, if anything if you don't do nothing else just look at you know how your time is divided and i know like the screen time function on the iphone really is a uh, is a uh Godsend for me, uh, just realistically saying, well, you know, I won't be on Facebook. or really? Pull that, pull that screen time out, and they'll tell you, you know, exactly what you're really doing, mm-hmm. um, or, or you know, or just those distractions. I know for me, man, the way my setup is, I, I got my iPad right here in front of me, and my phone's in front of me, and I'm trying to work on my computer, and I call myself having YouTube up, and I'll, I'm completely stopped. What I've done, uh, what I'm trying to get done, and I'm watching YouTube video crushes my, yeah. my my productivity so you know definitely appreciate uh those tips um so you have mentioned um and i know you said this before and you said this uh in our, in our time so far uh that you do coaching and mentoring and you've got a group on facebook and you've got uh some high levels things actually you know i was part of that group you know one iteration of that group at one point and i enjoyed my time while i was there but um What do you get the What do you get out of that? Like, what do you get out of those interactions? Like, you know, what do you as an entrepreneur, you know, what what is the you maybe the end game, or or for you in that in that in that regard, or you're just what you know what feelings do you get?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's twofold. Um, on one hand, it's what I'm able to, to give to the designers. So, um, so just, just so you guys know, I have a couple main channels, right. That, that I do my, my, my teaching and training and coaching and mentoring through. So one of them of course is my YouTube channel. Um, and another is my free Facebook group goods to go on Facebook for other designers. Um, and then the third one is my signature program. Um, the high value designer system. So it it really just depends on where I am, whether I'm on Facebook or, or um, in, the, in the system with people that are kind of in my inner circle, which was the first iteration. You ran the first iteration of that, or, um, you know, on YouTube. But it's, it's seeing the designers have the kinds of transformations that I know they can have and having those aha moments was like, wow. Like, um, you know, I was afraid to quote, you know, 1500 for this project. I just got a testimonial back today. <laughs> it was a designer that was charged, I think, $500 for his websites joined my system and you know, he started charging 1500 and the client said yes. Um, and they said, yeah, you, your, your quote was the lowest, but it was the most value. So we decided to go with you. So next thing you know, he started charging $3,000 and that's where he's been ever since. So he went from $500 to $3,000 for his site. Since now he's gotten a multiple of those. So to see that, man, I think when I did the math, it was like over $10,000 he had made within a couple months, months, um, $10,000 more than he would have made from the same exact projects you know, just because he's seen the confidence, like he's, he's increased his confidence. He's seen what's possible. So he's able to allow me to help give him permission and give himself permission to really charge what he's worth. So seeing those transformations, um, and, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's primarily. And then the second thing is what I get from it, where it's like, okay, you see everybody's journey is different. So everybody requires a different approach. You know, so I've been able to do that because early on I was like, Yeah, I made mean, X, Y, and Z, you know, you should be able to do it too, not realizing, okay, they have different things that they're dealing with, they're you know, you know, different different walks of life. They may be a single parent, you know, not not a lot of help. So they may not have a lot of money to invest into their, you know, presentation, their setup, et cetera. They may have confidence issues, mindset. So like doing it over time has allowed me to see, okay, you gotta meet people where they are and really understand, ask questions, you know, understand where they are and how you can be of assistance because there's no one size fits all solution. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like when I have these coaching sessions, this is like a therapy session for me. Like I feel like I get just as much out of it <laughs> as the as my clients do. So um that's been that's been uh special to me as well.
0: Man, so I guess the one thing that I guess in in me asking you this question and and me listening to your your response there and you being an active designer, the coaching and mentoring piece right now is a a supplement, is a side piece to your main deal, which is designing, correct? And so effectively, what you're doing is you're building up other designers. And some people would say, why would you do that? You're taking away from your own business. You're taking away from your own plate. What's your viewpoint on that? Like, do you feel like these designers are going to outdo you one day? Or, or, or are you even thinking about that? Or are you scared of that?
1: Nah. So, I, I mean, on one hand, I would hope so. You know, I would hope that they will outdo me. And the thing is, man, it's so much opportunity out here, it's crazy. You know, if anything is like I can, at any point, i can say, look, let's form up like Voltron, you know, and create a super agency. It's so much business out here. And that's one of my the, the main things that I talk about is that, you know, the type of clients that I serve, it's a shortage of high value designers to serve them. Like there's so many, you know, new new uh, millionaires out here, just high paying clients. I'm not even talking about like Fortune 500, I'm talking about seven, eight figures. That's not that's not that big of a That's still small business. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those, my clients, they like got a small team, if a team at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they got hundreds of millions of dollars and million dollar marketing, but no, nah, they miss my half 50 grand to spend. You know what I'm saying? I look, I'll take it, <laughs> you know? So it's so much out here for all of us, man. Um, and i'm a human being you know what i'm saying so when i see other designers making the same mistakes over and over just blatantly all on social media um speaking to the wrong type of client posting the wrong types of things um trying to convince the low-paying clients to spend more it's like i'm the type to say something about it and that's one of the reasons that my wife even pushed me into this space um i, I don't like saying push but that's literally what happened is <laughs> because I would see a menu, I would see a business card. I would see you know a logo and say that's trash that's trash, so she was pretty much like, "Why don't you do something about it? You've been talking about this stuff for years, Why don't you actually do something about it and make some money with this? You know what I'm saying so i I've, I've never been the type to hold my tongue even now, I jump into designer's dm with the quickness and, and try to give them some game, you know, and they're always appreciative of it because they know it's coming from a genuine place. you know if I can help you level up and feed your family and feed them well, um it's a win for me you know i'm I could care less about. Uh, them take my business or anything like that um and i told the designers and good to go look we could all serve the same niche and all kill it <laughs> you know just because there's so much opportunity out here and I'll, I'll i'll wrap up with this skill is such a small portion of it it's such a small portion of it like i know like most of the designers i even coach they're more actually they're more talented than me you mentioned skill like level up my skill over the years my skill really hasn't changed that much over the years skill is such a small piece of it a lot of it is business a lot of it is positioning how are you positioning yourself and your business um you know what, what's your marketing message like are you niche down you know it's, it's those things um you know are you having your llc set up? are you using a professional email address is your portfolio updated does it speak to who you like we would like to serve like there are designers who you know they do flyers i do fly as well but that's all they'll post and then they'll wonder why they're not getting high paying clients it's like you just want to post the type of work that you want more of don't just post every little thing that you do you know so yeah
0: no that that's all right hard you know i think it's a um it's, it's a certain mindset when people you know it's a scarcity mindset like it's you know like there's not enough work out there for all of us you know I mean that there's plenty of work and you know for everybody and i can i'm a witness to you just jumping in a designer's dm because and giving some game because i think i i was probably a a benefactor of some of that action uh one time where you kind of hit me up on, on some stuff man and and i appreciate that man here's my last question for you um you know if you can start all the way over Go all the way back to I think what you said, 2016. Uh, with the knowledge that you have now, what would you do differently? Like, what? How would you? How would your approach be any different? Uh, then, um, knowing what you know now.
1: Yeah, man, that's tough. Cause I don't, I don't really think I would do anything differently. But if I if I had to pick a couple of things, I would say one, I would communicate better. Cause like I said, I haven't been perfect, man. Like I made a lot of the mistakes that designers make now, so I've kind of learned from those mistakes um like communicate I, I i was the guy that wasn't communicating um as much as i should have with my clients but it would be like i would have quote unquote forgiveness points like michael janda says <laughs> built up where it's like when they they're going to get the product they're going it's going to be fire they're going to be in love with it so if it's late it's late, you know it was kind was kind of like that so i would i would if i was to go back i would do a better job at communicating early on and the second thing i would say is i would believe in myself earlier um because and that's something I'm not talking about now, like when I talk about my systems, like you only really have to believe in yourself. You just got to uh, make a decision and uh, find a system or a process and just trust it, like follow it to a T, say, look, all work works. I'm going to make it work for me and just trust the process because I probably made a half million dollars as a graphic designer before I really started believing in myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really I was like, you know, this is a fluke. I dealt with imposter syndrome. I was like, this going to come crashing down. You know, for example, I use Wix. I still use Wix this day. I don't code. So there's a level of imposter syndrome there. It's like, man, you're not even a real graphic you're not even a real web designer. You know, you don't know how to code, then no development, you know. So there's a level of imposter syndrome there. So I would try to get ahead of that earlier on because um, even though I kinda knew what imposter syndrome was when somebody told me about it, it still affected me. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like I could care less, you know what I'm saying? Like I just know what it is and know how to move forward. So
0: yeah man no I think that's huge and I think you know that 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 has got to be probably one of the largest barriers of entry for the majority of people not just from a design standpoint but just anything that that imposter syndrome that that lack of belief in yourself and and you know I think uh, I've heard on on a podcast I don't know if you listen to Joe Button, but I, was, I heard on I heard him say all it takes is you know if you get that one person to believe in you um that how yeah. that that levels up your confidence how that levels up your 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 ability to do it and then a lot of times you know that one person has to be us first it has to be yourself first you know what i mean and so man yeah. uh, marshall i appreciate your time man how, what, what can we find you what's the what's that instagram okay. why can we find you on, on, on facebook yeah yeah
1: yeah so on instagram is marshall fox so it's m-a-r-s-h-a-l-l-f-o-x on instagram um youtube.com slash marshall fox 120 uh, Facebook, just look up "good to goat." So G O O D, the number two, and then goat, and G O A T. Um, that's my group for designers. Um, you know, and I, I will drop these couple links. So if the the roadmap we alluded to that's two fifty K designer and I do have a master class as well that leads into my premium program, but that's the high value designer masterclass.com' That's H I value designer masterclass
0: yeah, so I will definitely include those links into uh the description. Uh this will be on YouTube and it'll be in a- Apple Spotify, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the all the places. But man, Marshall, I-, I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. Uh thank you, man, for for being willing to be a part of a part of this. And uh man, I can't wait till the next time.
1: Uh, likewise, man. Thank you. I appreciate you for inviting me. And yeah, this was fun, my brother. So
0: thanks again. Oh uh, yes, sir.
1: Take this my, love, my-